listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. Hi, Jamie. Hey, Rose. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I have, I guess, quarantine brain is what we're calling it. Yeah, I can. I Yes, that's why it's going great. I mean, if we really want to get technical, it's going great for being in quarantine. I feel like we're on a NaNoWriMo that never ends. And we're on like between week two and three, where week one, you start out in those first seven days, you're like, yeah, I can write a novel. I can do this. This is great. I've got this plan. I've got all these you know, books and materials I can pull from. And then week two kind of hits and you're like, oh my God, this kind of sucks. What the heck am I doing? This, this really, oh, it, you know, the inner editor gets in and seeps in and you're like, all those plans? Oh, maybe I'll read a chapter or maybe I will look at a deck. I won't, I won't do a daily draw. I'm just going to look at the deck and say hi. Week three, you're like, oh my God, when is this going to get over? And I feel like we're somewhere between week two and week three. And we've been here for five to six weeks now. And I'm just like, I'm done. I mean, I had, I had wonderful ideas and I knew I was going to, you know, uh, go through them slowly, but now I'm just like, naps are good. Sleeping's good. Listening to podcasts. I feel like my life revolves around the zoom window, which I've been calling these meetings zoomies and headphones. It's like, I feel weird when I take off headphones. It's like, you know, I think our next evolution in humanity is going to be headphones maybe because this is how we're spending time with each other. I hear you on the, the Zoomies part. My life is revolving around Zoom meetings. What am I doing this week? What day of the week is it? Oh, it must be Tuesday. I'm having a Zoom meeting with X, Y, and Z. Oh, it must be Sunday. I'm having a Zoom meeting with X, Y, and Z. Oh, it must be Thursday. We're going to do a game night on Zoom. And it's kind of, I mean, it's not quite that structured, unfortunately. The Tuesday night thing is pretty structured, which is nice. Um, but that Tuesday night thing changes too because different groups meet on the Tuesday, um, for me anyway. And so I hear you. And then with the, all the projects, I've got all these things that I'm like, I could do all of this stuff. And then, hey, you know, naps are good. They really are. I mean, like I even said this in the video, I'm a champion napper. Well, I've gone above and beyond with that. <sighs> yeah, today I think was the first day I realized that I lost time. <laughs> you know, the days just kind of sort of blended where the only real stability Zoom meeting I've got right now, and it's not even on Zoom, it's through telehealth, um, is with my counselor. I do a weekly meeting and usually it was on Wednesdays and now we're switching back to month, you know, to a different day. But yesterday and today, and it just kind of blended together. And I was like, have I taken the right day's meds? I mean, granted, they're all the same. So it's not like I have to skip days or anything, but it was just like, wait, why is Monday's med container out on, on the thing? What day is it really? And it's just, this is hard, folks. This is really hard. So if you're, you know, still working out there, whether it's outside or even from your home, more power to you. Kudos and thank you. Exactly. I am beyond grateful for all of the quote unquote essential workers out there. And I know that to some people, essential is a different word in a way, because I would agree essential should just be doctors and those sort of things. But I'm grateful that that it includes places like drive through restaurants every once in a while, because that's something we do occasionally once a week, Andrew and I try and do that. But also, you know, our grocery store people, 
I am grateful that those jobs and those people are doing the job. I wish that we could pay them more because again, they do a job I'm not doing and I am grateful that they're doing it. Yeah. I just wish more places had like local places had buttons on their websites to something where if I didn't want to eat there or whatnot, I could donate money flat out because I really, really am trying to help our, you know, the local economy or the art artisans like on Etsy and going back to like even the postal service. I'm grateful because I've been able to send out care packages and receive some care packages from friends. So that's kind of been a nice extra bonus way to keep in touch with everybody that I love and care about. Exactly. I've been looking at all the postcards I'm getting ready to send out and all of the the cards I've been getting from friends because it's great to connect on social media, but sometimes that's a little too toxic. And I like the fact that people are looking for other ways to connect and sometimes going back to, as we said, post office and the old school way of chatting with each other that takes not immediately, but a week to get to you. I think that is a really brilliant uh, way to communicate with each other again and get back into that. But as we are doing a modern way of communicating with each other called a podcast, yes, we are. We should get to the topic of the day. To be fair, it's kind of uh, an old school thing as well because it's a book and a book club, kind of, sort of. And we are kind of going forward and going backwards in a way. Um, you and I decided that we were going to in honor, if you will, of Mary Kay Greer putting out a third edition of Tarot for Yourself, we both realized, you know, it would be fun to do this once a month. We'll check in with everybody and who's all of our listeners who are hopefully playing along with us. Which has been a lot of them. I mean, I've had a lot of friends here been like, when is that first episode going to be released and whatnot? And just to let everybody know, this is for just covering up to the end of chapter one. So that's what I've told everybody. Correct. And if you guys want to skip ahead, you go ahead, but we're going to go chapter one, one podcast a month is going to be on each chapter. And so this month, of course, as you said, is chapter one. But what was funny to me is that while we were deciding to do this, I finally refound one of my old journals about it, which really was inspirational because it was pretty full of stuff that I'd done and now I get to go look at, back at that and compare it to what I'm doing now, which is great. And I think you've done something similar. Yeah. So I've got a copy of each one of the editions. I first picked up the first edition back in 2001, and I actually wrote in some of the pages. So a lot of my notes were actually done in the book. Chapter or the second edition, I switched to tablet format, but I didn't read it. I just wanted the you know EPUB version. But because of the, you know, the COVID-19 and everything going on, I wanted to support PALS. So I actually bought the 35th anniversary edition, which I, I mean, just from a production standpoint, I'm in love with the book. The cover is beautiful. The size is perfect. It's just fun. I think I, um, I think we planned to do this, what, two months ago, and it's taken us a while to get through it, which again, you know, it was quarantine brain, but it's just been fun to flip through the pages and see how they've done some modifications to some of the graphics, but not a whole lot to the text. And there are three um, prefaces to the book. So she's got her original preface, the second edition pref, and then the this new one. So it's been really nice. And a new introduction by Benabel Wen. So it was fun to read what Benabel said, how that book changed her life. Right. And that was kind of great because, again, you got to see the evolution of Mary as well. 
as being able to see our own evolutions of when we picked up our first editions. I picked up mine in 99. Um, and my first edition, I actually still didn't write in because I'm weird about writing in books. And uh, because I also like to share my books. So that way somebody else could take notes and not have to deal with my stuff being in it. Um, and then I realized I'd, when I'd gotten the second edition, I believe, um, I started a new group to do this jump in of it. And then uh, a third is third group did it as well. So I've been finding all of the notes from all of these things together. And it's been a little funny and silly and kind of eye-opening and kind of awe-inspiring. I love that you've done all the read-throughs, it seems like, with various other groups. I've never, this is the first time I've done a group book read-through in Tarot for Yourself, because the first time I did it was obviously before I had such a, I'm going to call it high esteem for books. I'm not going to write in them, you know, which is why I like the eBooks because I can highlight and stuff, but I wrote in it and I was doing it by myself. So it's fun to, you know, see how this journey, and I hope you'll be able to talk about it now and later, of course, how the groups have in the group dynamics have changed since one edition to the next. Oh, definitely. I, I will bring that up as, as relevant for us, but I will say that my first time I was given the book, and so I did do some of the exercises alone. So I did start that journey by myself in a way. I mean, it was a, hey, you're into tarot. Here, let me give you this book by this woman I know. For me, when I realized that Mary Kay Greer, who wrote that book, was the same woman on my cassette tapes from 1988, because I had a, somebody gave me a gift of, of Mary talking about tarot and a color your own tarot set back in the day. And then also... Then I got to meet her in between those times and take a class that she ended up then has become 21 Ways to Read a Tarot Card. It was the first time she'd done it at PantheaCon in 2000. So it's that switch of, oh, wait, hey, I now know who this person is to now if I see Mary somewhere, she knows my name. It freaks me out still. Thank you for being there when that, that first happened. That was such an honor and such a memory. Like for me, I think the best one I've got, I've got a couple of good Mary stories, but the one I want to say is like one year at PantheaCon, it felt like she was stalking me because everywhere I was going, I kept hearing somebody say, Jamie, Jamie. And then it was Mary. And I'm like, you know, this is kind of awesome and awkward and weird. And wow, she knows me by name. And it's, yeah, it's been fun. And it's just, I love this edition because as I'm reading the back cover or the front cover, or even like I said, Ben and Bill's reference, it's like, this is our community now. This, these are, you know, the people that we go, oh my God, they're, you know, it's Mary, Mary Kay Greer, but it's also peers. It's also the people we know and love. And I'm hoping that Mary will listen to this in a way, eek, but I'm also hoping that everybody else is listening to this and kind of going along this journey with us with, you know, kind of new fresh eyes. And if you have older copies of the book, it's okay that you're using that. Um, Mary does say that for the most part, she did not change any of the text. And from what I can tell in chapter up to chapter one, it's relatively the same. So you can use any edition. Rose and I just decided because, again, we wanted to and we're book junkies, we have the third edition. So that's what material we're going to be working. With. And we are supporting our locals by buying the hard copies so that we can support our local communities. Um, and to be fair, with my third edition, what I did is I, uh, and as some people may have seen in photographs, I cut the binding off and then put it in a spiral 
so that I could use it more as a look at it more like a, a workbook, even though I'm still not writing in it. Yes, you all can laugh at me. And I thought you were going to do that when you put it in the spiral bound, because that makes awesome sense to where you can uh, lay it flat and then write in it and everything. So I would have thought you would have. I know. And I still couldn't do it. I wanted to. I really, really did. But my brain went, no, you don't write in books. You don't do that. It doesn't matter. And I'm a goofball like that. But nonetheless, I still went and put it, bound it so that I could lay it flat so that when I'm, you know, doing stuff, it does, it is flat in front of me. That's why I did it as well. So anyway, let's talk about chapter one, shall we? Yeah. So for me, all those years ago, I did, I, I started doing chapter one in 2001. So this is almost 19 years, 20 years in a way. Yeah. It's 19 years. I was using the um, Vertigo Tarot first edition because that was one of the decks that I glommed onto at that time. And that was going to be my primary or my only deck. Ha ha. As we can, you know, clearly see that hasn't happened. Um, So I decided for this edition, I am using two decks. I'm using the Darkwood Tarot by Sasha Graham and I'm using a Rider Waite Smith, just because some some of the exercises, if I recall, might need more of the traditional, you know, Rider Waite imagery for that. But for the most part, everything in Chapter One I've done with the dark wood, which has been also a lot of fun. So I don't know when I figured this out, but it took me uh, it took me almost this entire month to actually read Chapter One. And I don't know if that's just because of lockdown, because my brain shut off or other things around this, this weird time that we're all living through, or if it was the material. I mean, I, I'm going to admit something right now that in my first edition, I stopped, I think I read all the way up to chapter two. And I don't know if I stopped at chapter two because I was like, I don't need the rest of the book, or I was so inspired that I went off to create my own stuff from it. So this is going to be my first actual all the way read through with this. But I did write in pages all the way up to chapter two, which was kind of interesting because I thought the first read through, I stopped at chapter one. So I looked at chapter two a little bit today and I'm like, ooh, I don't know if, you know, again, I feel like it's going to take me a while to dig into because these chapters are beefy. It's like you can read a section a day and then put it away and your brain's going to be highly saturated. So it took me, all of this month to really get through. And chapter one is really beefy, I will tell you. Um, and, and and lots of good information. I, I would say that people who are tarot readers who know the tarot back and forth, blah, 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 and I'm going to put it like that, still will get a lot out of this because it's a different way of looking at a tarot deck. And the deck that I have been using for this uh, was the Robin Wood, actually. Um, and then I also dragged my everyday witch with me just to have a a different perspective and to see maybe somebody else's interpretation because yes, Mary says you can use any deck you want just that writer, a writer weight Smith style one gives you the basics that, you know, most tarot people learned from and because it was so popular um, and it is over a hundred years old, it's a good basic place to start. If you have any other deck, go for it. Doesn't matter, folks out there. But I will tell you, using a rider weight based deck will give you some of the the symbology that you may or may not get 
Um, I was going to originally just use the Everyday Witch deck. And one of the exercises required you to look at the magician and the roses and the lilies, and specifically the roses. And it's in the introduction uh, chapter of, or the, of it. And to do a little bit of a, you see the, what do you think of the word rose? Because roses were super important when this deck Rider Waite was created. And if you go through a Rider Waite Smith deck, you'll see a prevalence of roses and lilies. So that's kind of why I would say if you're going to do this, do it with two decks. If you don't want to use a Rider Waite as your primary, still have it in your back pocket, if you will, so that you can reference some of those things that Mary might say, okay, here's some symbology from the original. So you should look at it. And that way you'll have it, but you can still do most of these activities with any deck that you choose. And I love that for the most part from my first read through to now, my math has been correct. So I'm still kind of the Empress world mix in Mary's world. I know some other systems do differently, but I loved that um, with this read through, I actually made my own one sheet or two sheet tarot profile. So I could kind of have everything on one page. Mm -hmm together and seeing some you know different things um pop up like for me I've always combined the hanged man empress and the world kind of as my three birth cards because they all reduce down to three but in Mary's particular world my hidden factor is the hanged man which makes sense at the time when I first read this I could see how the hanged man was never on my radar it was always the world or the empress but now as i've grown i've kind of incorporated it so i have done a lot of shadow work which is what mary suggests you do when you find out these things you work with those lesser known cards you you build them up and it's just wild like even from that introductory question of you know what is a rose symbolized to you back then I didn't have my best friend rose so I mean it's kind of weird where back then it's like oh it's a flower people give it for love it smells it's pretty I've got them in my backyard yada yada and nowadays the first thing when people says rose I think of a person rather than the actual you know flower or you know the color which is always red and stuff so it's it's been fun to look back at some of these differences and see where I've been similar with and where I haven't. Like one of the questions that it took me a while to answer was um, later on in the chapter with the rituals section. Like uh, Mary talks about rituals of what you can do, not like pagany style, but just rituals you can do to kind of hang out with the cards and be the best friend, like watch TV with them or sleep with them under the pillow. And I will admit I've done all that. I used to keep my deck under my pillow religiously every night. I have one in my bag that I keep, you know, there constantly just because it's, I'm one of those where I'm like, you never know when you're going to do a reading. But this time I had a hard time with it. And I don't know if it's because I've quote unquote done everything, you know, over the past 20 years or so. But when you asked me, you know, what rituals do you want to do now? I'm like, I don't know, because I wrote a whole book about filled with stuff. And I do a lot of the rituals that I've thought about back then. But my answers back then back in my old baby pagan days, wasn't even like using them for the wheel of the year or birthdays or other holidays. It was like, I can, you know, take, I can, I can take them to a movie or I could do stuff like that. I'm going to wrap them in these, you know, bags that I'm making or, or something. And now I'm just like, I don't know what haven't I done with them is the bigger question for me. So I thought that was kind of fun and interesting. 
Yeah, it's fun to look at that one and go, okay, so I did all that stuff before. What can I do differently this time? And for me, it was more about, okay, let's really look at all the symbols more so than I've ever done before. And that's the other reason why I kind of advocate for everybody trying it with a Rider Waite Smith inspired, if not a Rider Waite Smith deck itself. And it was just kind of eye opening to see how much, as you said, I've changed since that first time. I compared my, my, what did I think a rose was to what I think a rose is now and what the meanings are for me. And yeah, it's, it's, you're very lucky. You have a friend named Rose. Uh, I happen to be a friend named Rose. So that's kind of a nice thing that I can associate my, my soul and my heart with that information. Um, the other thing that was nice is yes, my math was right too. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, but really looking at how much I've changed in these 20 years in relation to my hidden factor card, because in these 20 years, I've gone from being it being the hidden message to the now the teacher is what she calls it. And I really liked how I interpret it. My, I happen to be a six solid six uh, personality and six soul card and then hidden factor of 15, which is the devil. And looking at it from a not being afraid of perspective to embracing the lessons that I learn and can continue to learn uh, with that card, which was really eye-opening and a reminder of, hey, don't forget. And then, of course, going back and then applying what's your zodiac sign to your tarot and then realizing, oh, no wonder that that's called, you know, temperance as art card is Sagittarius. And why do I gel with that so much? Oh, right. Because it's something that if I looked at my zodiac, it goes with that. What was your zodiac again, uh, card wise? Uh, my zodiac um, is strength, Leo. I'm a cat. So, I mean, what was funny is way back when I didn't like having the Empress as like my soul card because she's pregnant. And I'm like, I never want to be pregnant. I, you know, that's, I don't want babies. Or as I used to joke, I mean, I still kind of jokingly call them puppies. No puppies for me, you know, every month, every month that I have my period. But I've, I, you know, when you go through this material or you go through other birth card classes or you talk to other, you know, professionals or even, you know, just your peers, that's when I glommed onto the creative aspect where, you know, yeah, in a way I am pregnant. I'm pregnant with ideas, pregnant with books, decks, et cetera. So I glommed onto that create creative and abundant aspects of the card rather than the big belly in the, on the picture. So I always liked strength a lot more at the beginning because, you know, here's a woman taming the kitties. And as a child, I got myself into trouble thinking all the animals on the planet loved me because I was teased, yada, yada. And I can just go into somebody's backyard, open up a gate and have their dogs love me instantly. Well, that didn't happen. There were two dogs. One of them knocked me onto my face and the other dog attacked my back. So I learned, yeah, I mean, again, but I was stupid back then, but thinking that, you know, I could tame wild critters and this was when I was like six or something. So it's even before tarot, but Again, it goes back to that strength idea that, you know, tame the wild savage, tame these beasts, or hey, cats love me because I'm a cat, you know, type of thing. But I've grown to appreciate those personality soul cards, hidden factors, and how they really are a part of my personality, especially today's day and age. 
over that strength card. I mean, I've still got a lot of strength, but I, I downplay it in some cases where I'm just like, let me work on the other stuff still. You know, let me deal with all these other cards. And this year, my current year card. So I'm, I, when I've done year cards, I've always done it like from birthday to birthday. So I technically am still in 2019. But as I'm going through Mary's instructions, I'm kind of looking at it through her lens. So that's the thing I'm doing with the book is I'm going to, you know, kind of take Mary's word as gospel, so to speak. And so she says, use 2020. So 2020's current year card for me is death. Oh, yeah. So a lot of that change and transformation is kind of been fun and interesting. And of course, it's been popping up for a lot of us. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of playing with that idea right now that, you know, 2020 is this full year of the transformation of all these changes of the grieving process, because, mm -hmm. you know, we're recording this at the end of April and last weekend should have been Reader Studio. And a lot of us, you know, we weren't there. So on Facebook, we've been sharing photos of past readers. It's been fun to watch the group come together. And, but that's kind of a small death in a way, you know, I, I was supposed to be on a plane coming home on last Monday and I wasn't, yeah. you know, so we're still, a lot of us are still grieving. A lot of us are still oh, yeah. trying to figure out what this 2020, you know, stuff is over. So, I mean, I'm glad I don't really use physical planners anymore. I do keep a physical planner for daily draws. But, you know, I, if I had a real planner, I think I would have burned it by now to say 2020 is over, you know, burn, done, let's move on, you know, as you see in a lot of the memes. Yes, I've seen that a lot, too, where people are like, so how do you feel about having that 2020 planner? It ain't happening nothing, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I hear you, my, my 2020 card of the year is justice. Ooh. And I'm still not sure what I'm doing with that just yet. Um, but it's kind of nice to look at because again, uh, and again, using Mary and the writer Waite Smith, because again, that was the other thing, your card is strength. Mm -hmm. And that means that it's probably the eighth card. Yeah. Which is strength in the writer Waite Smith. Right. And justice is the 11th card Yep, in the writer Waite Smith. But if we were using uh, Thoth, Yep. It would be switched. So that's why I just thought that was funny. Okay. So I got to ask a question to you. Are you in a, um, cause I do this whenever somebody gets a year card or has the strength slash justice, I bring both out and I talk about both of them. Do you do that? I don't actually. Um, because I, but I do state the system I'm using is this and, and, and I do mention, but I don't bring them out because I don't, I don't want to confuse my reader or my person I'm reading for, or I'm working with, because it's a lot of information already. So maybe down the line, while we're, if, if it's not in a situation of us having a longer conversation, I don't bring it up. But if we are going to, I will mention, hey, later on, we'll talk about. Gotcha. But in the moment, I don't. Because again, it's enough information to go, by the way, here's your cards. And here's what this means. This is your birth card. But, you know, I just, it's too much. And so I just stick with Mary's system in that conversation because it, it always made sense for me as I did it. And I think it's just an easier way to then gradually ease people into, oh, and by the way, there's another system out there that uses it. And it's not quite another system, but it's just another way of looking at the cards. Because again, 
While Arthur <laughs> did his best to rectify the tarot, Crowley or Crowley, depending on who you ask, and I don't know, and I'm not going to try and correct you, uh, decided he needed to also rectify the tarot with his way of doing it. I think I think every deck, her, I mean, I think the, the word rectify in my mind at this point is, I want to share my point of view of what tarot is, and then we all rectify the tarot in our own image because we're, that's what we do, you know? Correct, yeah. And while, yes, you can say that to some degree about the triple goddess tarot, it's, well, people are always like, this is more about you than you think for me. And I'm like, I guess, but I didn't mean it to be, but it still comes through. It's kind of interesting where I'm like, my deck hasn't really mass, you know, come out and become the mastermind yet. But everybody's like, the triple goddess deck is you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I think it has a lot of your personality in it. I really do. Um, and I know it's not your deck the way that you would have want the world to see you, but it is an aspect of you for sure, I think. And it's a beautiful aspect, in my opinion. Um, and I think you did an amazing job. It was it was fun. So I have a question because I'm looking through my, my, my notes. When you um, did your entering the card, did you find that you had a sense that was lacking? Yeah, I, I don't always smell things. I mean... I went into the lover's card because, well, I'm lazy and it's a good card to do this basic introduction for. And I felt the fire, but I didn't smell the fire that's on the burning bush. I think that that for me, I hear a lot of things. So I could hear sounds when I went in, but I didn't smell things. It's just that's not where my 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 stuff is. So I didn't punish myself for that because that's one of those things. Remember, if you don't do it, don't feel bad. We're not in um, a chorus line and you are allowed to feel nothing. It's okay. There's a song. We'll explain later, Jamie. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. No, no. I'm just going to say in any chorus line, I'm the one that's usually the odd one where I don't, you know, if everybody's on the right kick, I accidentally do the left. So I'm, I'm, I'm that person. And now, of course, I'm thinking of Reader's Studio and the fact that we were going to be part of the chicken chorus. <laughs> but anyway. Oh my God. That would have been so awesome. In 2021, we will make it happen. Yes. We will. We have to. What was the one that was for you in that sense? What did you taste? You didn't taste. Yeah. Taste. I always forget about taste. I mean, smell to me, I have allergies. So people would be like, oh, smell is probably the, the one that you're not. But as I've gotten older, smell has become more important to me. But taste has been the one that I've found has been kind of in the back burner. For me, it's sight and sense first. And then hearing, which is the mid one for me. And then touch. and then taste. So yeah, just looking through my notes, I'm like, I didn't really bring taste into it. And I picked my card at random. I shuffled all of them. And then I decided to pick a, a major at whatever the first major I uncovered was. And mine was the tower card. So that was really kind of fun and interesting to work with, especially again, going through now with all this, oh, stuff I bet. Where, you know, Hey, yeah, death is my, you know, year card and well, let's pull the tower. I'm like, okay. Unavoidable change. Here we come. So what was your gift? So I was using uh, Sasha's deck and it really is this interesting uh, mix of pretty imagery, but kind of minimalist as well. And you kind of have to really sit with the card to take everything in. Like when I first sat with it, I didn't realize there was a person kind of falling from a lower window of the tower until after I did that. So I kind of missed that. But right. mine was a stone. So I picked it up off the ground, but I got out of that 
the qualities were grounding, firmness, and solid. So I wrote this as my statement. I stand firm and solid on the earth as I ground myself in protection against disease. Because again, this is what's going on right now. And because we all can't stop talking about it or, you know, having it happen to us. I thought it was just a real interesting thing that that came out just in this simple card. So again, these exercises, while they're introducing you to how to work with them with yourself, they also go pretty deep. As we all know, Mary's, you know, into Jungian psychology and stuff. And I don't know if she planted the seeds in this book for that, I mean, uh, with that psychology or philosophy in mind. But I thought that was pretty nice and pretty interesting of a way to end the first chapter. Here's a statement. Go. Right. And and that's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Reading up through the first chapter was good. I enjoyed this when I pulled out my first edition um, using the Vertigo Tarot. I, I picked death. I think I remember putting down all of the major arcana for this exercise and I chose death which was kind of funny because I remember you and I were on a chat or a phone call or something a week or two ago and I was talking about it and I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. You know, in that first book back in 2001, I chose the death card and here I am 2020 with death as my year card. So that was kind of a fun thing that I noticed between the two books. Well, and the last time I did this, I actually chose justice. So that's kind of weird. That is. And when when did you pull that? That When was that? The time I did it with a group, which was in 2005. Because again, the, first, the very first time I did it, I haven't found that notebook yet. But I found the one that it was like, I did a whole bunch of work on in Mary's book. And so that's the notebook I'm referencing back to. Um, and then I was going to look and see what my other one was that, and I don't know if I've got it in here. So, but yeah, I just thought that was kind of humorous to me that, you know, we did this activity and I got that card. And, oh, I, and in 2011, I used the hermit. So, so there you go. You get, you know, different things. But the, again, this time I said, like I said, I was lazy. I used the lover's card for my stuff. I don't think that's lazy. From what I've known th- from about you, it's like you've been working with the lover's card for a while now, trying to, you know, get to the core and the meaning of what it truly means for you to have just the lover's card. Right. Well, and it's also one of those cards that you think you know what it means, but when you do this activity about going into the card and I think you get different things, you're not, you know, who do you talk to? Who do you speak to? And what figure talks to you versus who you address? You know, sometimes, and I've done it in the past with groups where it wasn't working on this book. It was just, Hey, let's take this, let's do this class. Uh, Let's do this activity that Mary created a bajillion years ago. And I've gone into the lover's card a couple times just because it's my birth card. It's It does have meaning to me. And I always come out with something different and some new thing that I didn't see. And I have gone through some of those old notebooks where I've done that as a separate activity, not as part of Tarot for Yourself, the book. And it's really fascinating to go and see how your perspective has changed every time you look at your cards because tarot is just fascinating. That way is there's facets of things that you may or may not see. Thank you to all the listeners for joining in and doing this with us. And for everybody that's pinged me saying, when are you going to start this? And me saying May 1st, you know, is our first kickoff episode. So this has been the kickoff. I will say this, that along with the episode being released 
when I wake up on May 1st, as you're listening to this after this on West Coast time, I will go ahead and make a separate post in our Facebook page, Tarot Visions US, that will have a chapter one specific thread. So if you want to share stuff with us or the others going through this, go for it. If you want to do this every month with your friends and kind of have us you know, you hear us, but you go off and you do this on your own Zoomies and your own groups, go for it, you know, take this and turn it into your own. Definitely let us know, you know, if you've done this more often or which, you know, material edition you're pulling from, because I'm also curious to see if there are any real big changes, although I know that Mary has stated they're not between the three editions. So that's kind of nice to see, but yeah, go with it, have fun with it. And I'm really excited to, you know, read the book all the way through the first time in this next year or so as we go through it, since we're actually going to do this once a month. Woo! That is the hope. But also looking at where you've come from, how you've changed, how you've grown. And that, I think, is the biggest thing for you and I is when we were baby pagans or baby tarot readers um, and and learning all of the so fresh and exciting. And now 20 or so years later, how much have we changed? How much is, has our permis- our information changed? Sure, our personality and our soul cards haven't changed, but what we see in those tarot cards definitely has changed. And we've all grown. So we'd love to hear from our listeners how much they've changed and grown if they've done this before. If they haven't, what is hitting you right now? And remember to write it all down because you're going to see changes as you review it later, even a year later. So, all right. Um, thank you, Jamie for doing this wonderful thing. Thank you, Mary Kay Greer, for putting this book out in the first place. Because to be fair, I know that one of the tarot myths is you can't read for yourself. And Mary blew that one right away. And I will want to throw in this little shout out. There is another book out there by someone we love. And of course, I'm turning to look, you guys can't see it, but Jamie can. I'm turning to look on my tarot shelf of of dreams, uh, which is all my tarot books, all organized and disorganized up there, of someone else who did a tarot book uh, called Tarot for One by Courtney Weber. And I want you all to get that as well. And the reason I want to bring it up is because Mary's book, I think, had a small portion and a small emphasis on encouraging Courtney to look at this topic from another perspective. And she gives a great way of doing that. So if you're looking for a secondary book to add to your reading list, put that one on your list too, because it's pretty awesome. So thank you, everybody. Have a great time and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thank you for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, Find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US or follow us on Twitter at Tarot underscore Visions.